there's so much noise in this world. <laughs> so I feel that really connecting to yourself is just so important, especially now. My parents were kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. I had one that was pretty emotionally unavailable and the other that was extremely anxious and um, pretty intrusive. So kind of two complete opposite wow. parenting styles. And it was interesting um, growing up in that way. And I have one younger sister, so I kind of took on a mothering role from a very young age. Your friends are talking about their family and or you go over to a friend's house and you see how people interact it's, it that's when you realize like you start to think hmm, maybe this isn't normal or healthy never sat still I think part of that was just because I was always on the move and always kind of running um based on my upbringing but yeah you're numbing just because you're guarding from certain people doesn't mean you have to guard from everybody Welcome to the Raven Scott Show and to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissist abuse. Today, we have Anna Roden on the podcast. I'm so excited to share her with you. But first, I wanted to tell you a little bit about her. Anna is an author. She's a student, a yoga teacher. She's a friend, sister, and daughter. And she works to bring awareness to the need for self-care and developing certain personal development skills as a young person. After going on her own mental health and wellness journey, she aims to share her tools and support. Her book, For Your Twenties, will be published in January 2023. And we'll have a link to how you can get in touch with her and know when it releases. Thank you so much for being here, Anna. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for your book. It is so needed. I wish I had your book when I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had it when I was going through everything I was going through. <laughs> I know. So tell me, um, what was the motivation behind writing this book? Yeah, so I never had pictured that I would be writing a book, but um, I went through my own mental health struggles. I had always kind of struggled on and off and I hit a really low point um, about a year ago now and was forced to face things head on and really my whole identity shifted and I had to face and deal with things and trauma and heal. And going through that, um, I came out the other side with tools and new lessons and basically a completely different person for the better. Um, and I just really found that what I said was resonating with friends. It was resonating with people in my life. They could see the shift that happened um, with me internally and externally. And I figured why not share it? It seems like it's so needed for young people. We, we There's so much noise in this world. <laughs> So I feel that really connecting to yourself is just so important, especially now. Yes. I love that. I'm picturing, right? Like this is going to help so many with the social media age, the technology. Um, I didn't grow up with social media, but I still thought my self-worth was in the gutter. So I can't even imagine like feeling like you're nothing 
Uh, and yeah. on top of that, like having everyone else to compare yourself to or all these perfect filters or and that's mm-hmm. just self-esteem. That's not even like real like life healing that you right. have to deal with. And yeah, that that's that's huge. The mental health right now is huge. And I think that the future is our next generations. Like the only thing that gives me hope, to be honest, with everything going on, we just talked about a bit of a polarizing, you know, Republican, Democrat. I don't really call myself either, but people assume we were one or the other, right? This whole stupid two-party system Mm -hmm. is like the future is these next generations that will not tolerate this anymore, that are going to fight for their rights and their autonomy. And I just, that's my only hope, honestly, is the future. That's all we got is the younger, younger generations who are stronger and wiser. So this book is perfect to help them. Yeah. And, you know, touching on the social media point, we are the generation that's grown up with it. (laughs) We've had it all of our lives. And I, I do see pros and cons. I think, you know, the comparison is real. And like, we logically know that social media is a highlight reel. Like, we know that, but it's very hard to internalize that and remember it when you're looking at everyone's, you know, best hair days and like cool vacations and everything. So it is, it's hard to get that through your mind when you're consuming it constantly. But I also think, you know, in terms of the future, we are having conversations much more openly. And I think from a much earlier age, just because we have all the access to all the information from such an early age. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's no kind of, there's no hiding. We know what's happening and we're going to speak our mind about it. I wanted to take a quick break from the show to just share with you what I am offering and I'm so excited to provide. First off, you can purchase my book on Amazon, Empath and the Narcissist, A Healing Guide for People Pleasers. I am creating a course that I'm so lovingly calling Embracing Your Black Sheep. This is something that's near and dear to my heart, and so I can't wait to offer this to you to gain clarity, to heal from the narcissist and toxic abuse, as well as really tuning into yourself and adjusting your expectations, creating healthy boundaries, being able to say no, and really strengthening your own inner autonomy. These are really trying times, and it's important that us empaths are strengthened, are supported, and this is the goal of this course. So if you'd like to join the waiting list and sign up today to get the latest news on when it's being released, which I imagine should be around August, sign up in the link in the description in the show notes. The link to the book as well as my merchandise store is also in the link in the show notes. I am raising money through my merchandise to help donate, to raise awareness for common sense gun laws, to stop the heinous free willy-nilly ability to be able to purchase a gun when you're mentally unstable. This needs to end. And so my merch, all of the profits right now are going towards this cause. So go and check out my merch store. There's items for children, journals, shirts, hats, and I'm constantly adding more to be more of a vocal voice 
in our society for inclusion. Can't wait for you to check those out. I can't wait to hear from you. And now back to the show. I love it. That's so true. Like I'm having conversations I like with my girls that are not even in their teens yet that I thought that I'd be like addressing these questions when they were teenagers. But I'm yeah. like, I'm ready. I'm totally willing. And I, I don't really shelter them because I was overly sheltered. So I kind of went the opposite direction. But it's mm-hmm. important to have those conversations. You, you absorb the information and then you need to evaluate like what is true? What does this really mean? What is this in general? <laughs> But to, yeah. you have to have a safe adult to be able to process that with. And I know that mm-hmm. that was one of the topics we want to talk about is, um, you know, you, f- I guess, finding out or when did you find out that you were raised by narcissistic parents? I would say pretty recently. That was part of my healing that I needed to do. Um, it is, you know, when you're when you're a kid, you, t- you just jump into whatever role you're kind of expected to play. And it's not until later on when you are can kind of remove yourself that you can look back and see what actually happened and you have a different perspective. And for me, that was um, a kind of a rude awakening. <laughs> um, you know, I my parents were kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. I had one that was pretty emotionally unavailable and the other that was extremely anxious and um, pretty intrusive. So kind of two complete opposite wow. <laughs> parenting styles. And it was interesting um, growing up in that way. And I have one younger sister. So I kind of took on a mothering role from a very young age. And that's just how I was, you know, you didn't at that age, you just do what you're expected to do. And it carried through and, you know, then I went to college and I left home and I kind of took a step back from that role and um, learned, you know, the, I guess just the, the nuances that you kind of carry with you unconsciously and subconsciously. And it's just, it does stay with you until you dig it up and you really go into it. So for me, that was part of the work and it was really um, looking at the patterns that have stayed because of that and because of how I was raised that just aren't serving me anymore. And also learning now how to have a relationship that benefits everyone in the family. Yeah, that's so tricky. Were there like signs or was it just that you removed yourself, you went to college and realized like, wow, like this was really unhealthy where I was living. There were definitely signs. I mean, just even talking with friends, I could tell my situation was different. Um, Mm. And just in terms of how we spoke to each other, um, what, you know, I would say I didn't have the typical childhood experience. And that was, you know, when your friends are talking about their 
family and or you go over to a friend's house and you see how people interact it's it that's when you realize like you start to think hmm, maybe this isn't normal or healthy but it's just a thought because you don't really know anything different because <laughs> right. that's just how that's the environment that you're in and um yeah so for me it was you know there were little signs and i think a big my mental health struggles from i i had depression on and off since i was 11 so i was in therapy and um a big part of that was just all of this anger that i had deep down that i could not address at the time um that you know carried through until today and it's still something i deal with but um one thing that i've talked about is that when I was in middle school and in high school, I was aware of how I was raised, the situation with my parents, how they how they are um, just personality wise, but I was just in survival mode. And I was just oh. so focused on like getting through it, getting out, that was like my end goal. And it wasn't until after, you know, I kind of saw my whole, mental breakdown as a kind of an opportunity and a sign that I was ready to dive deep into the healing and really uncover um, some of the things that I, that I was aware of, but I just could never face. Yeah. You, you couldn't address it because you were not safe. You weren't in a safe space to address it because it, it does exactly. take a certain safe space and vulnerability to be able to unearth those things because it may take a couple days it may take a few hours and you need to have nobody like manipulating what you're saying like how you're feeling it has to all be you or if you have like a therapist who is gentle and is mm -hmm. not judging right because yep. that's the difficult part is when you're interacting with that toxic person especially a parent it's all about their ego. So if you say anything, they're immediately going to go into de defensive mode. Yep. They're going to, you know, put down whatever you're saying. They're going to twist it around and be like, how could you do this to me? You know, I'm your mother. I'm your father, whoever. It's like that exactly. doesn't give you any right to like not listen to me, to not hold space for my emotions or have any empathy for me. Right. Yep. And that reaction uh, how I took it was, okay, now I'm never going to share anything because this okay. is the reaction that I get. So for me, a really big kind of hurdle that I had to get over was um, I was just so shut, shut down for so long because I had learned because that was the reaction that I got when I shared something vulnerable or, um, you know, a bit of a touchy subject or whatever it was. And so I learned that the safe thing for me to do at that time was to shut down and become kind of, I was just, I was physically there, but I didn't share anything. I was never vulnerable. And that carried into relationships with friends and, and with everyone in my life at that time. So a big part of it was unlearning that, which is hard when you, when that's all, that's what you've been kind of training yourself to do for yeah, years and no, years trust and years me, like I've been out of my relationship with my partner for 10 years and I feel like just recently I've been able to like be really vulnerable about things that I would hold in like oh he's gonna like judge me like with my husband yeah he's gonna judge me or he's gonna think I'm like weird for thinking or saying this 
it's a process it does not happen like overnight it doesn't happen after a year it is it is a i think that's what our souls are here for right to learn that lifelong process so yeah yeah it is lifelong and you will constantly be triggered into your anger and resentment mm-hmm. and dealing with that you know a lot so it's like a wave this is why i love to follow astrology because i'm like okay when am i going to be triggered yeah i'm going to be resentful towards my childhood and let's just you know do a plan lot more meditation yeah do a lot more me- yeah plan for it yeah it is it is such a journey so i and i keep thinking you're a yoga teacher so you also like was that were you in that community when you had this awakening and i also want to ask you was this around about your saturn return if you know i do not know actually and I, I don't know why it never occurred to me to are you to a few years before you're 30 i won't say this i age. no i'm like a while away okay yeah very cool okay so it's not your side of return that's no t- that's typically around 28 to 30 you like really get responsible and serious about your life okay. yeah i get i got a couple of years till then oh cool cool that's good yeah God, you'll be ready. Then it won't be something tragic during your Saturday. <laughs> It'll be something beautiful because you're already healed. <laughs> or at least on the journey to healing. Yeah. So I mean, it but the yoga part I found during my awakening. So I have okay. I have kind of um, you know, dabbled and I had taken yoga. I wasn't, you know, super serious about it before. Um, I honestly found it super boring at first. Like it was not my thing at all. Did you and always I, like, fall like, asleep at the end of class? I used oh, to yeah. That. oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember my first time I was sitting there like at the beginning, they're doing the, you know, opening meditation. And I'm like, what am I doing here? This is so not my vibe. I was always the person like go, 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 very busy. Um, never sat still. I think part of that was just because I was <laughs> always on the move and always kind of running um based on my upbringing but yeah you're numbing exactly 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 and sitting with myself was so scary um but I found it both you know it was challenging but also so enlightening to do when I was at such a low in my life I think um I signed up on a whim for the training and I because I had I had dropped out of school for a semester so I was back home in the triggering place um, for four months. And I had kind of no plan for those four months. I was like, I need, as someone who is so used to being busy, I was like, I need to have something to do. Um, Even though I knew that I needed time to focus on my healing. And I thought that this would be a good, you know, I was, I'd be able to focus on my healing through it, but also learn and um, come out on the other side with, with, kind of, I don't know, an achievement. I'm very achievement driven. Um, so, um, yeah, I signed up on a whim, had no idea what to expect. And, um, it was all on zoom at that time. We were still in the pandemic Mm. and the community, I think for me was so important. And, um, I was able to, that's really where I learned how to take some of my walls down and be vulnerable was through that training and through my community that I had in there. Um, and just accepting, you know, some of the things that I, was, that I wasn't willing to accept before through t- 
turning inward and kind of taking a pause. It was very, um, I think, relevant for that time in my life because it was a time where I needed to take a pause from everything. <laughs> so learning how to kind of take a pause on the, you know, constantly busy brain that I normally had, um, learning how to quiet it and find some sense of groundedness, like within myself mm. was, um, very appropriate for the time I was in. <laughs> That's so helpful. Yeah. That was, that was a beautiful kind of like present from the universe that it gave you that safe space no judgment yeah. and it forced you to really sit with your feelings and sit through the uncomfortable parts. I yeah. It was just what I needed. <laughs> yeah. I discovered yoga. I can relate during actually when I was in my last relationship <clears throat> and my, it was a Pilates teacher and she, I think she could tell cause I'd come to Pilates on what day was it? Actually, I have no idea. I feel like it was during the week. <laughs> I would come to Pilates drunk, like hungover from being drunk because I became an alcoholic as well as drank to be fun for my partner mm -hmm. and have fun and also numb out. Like there was like a, lots of reasons why. And I think she saw that I was always like lagging behind and hungover and like super placid, like white. And um, yeah. so she invited me to yoga and I loved it. I like when I walked into the studio, I felt like I was back home and mm. loved it. I swear I haven't discovered it yet, but I think in a previous life, I probably was, um, you know, some over in, in India, like born in India or had a life in India because I, mm -hmm. I am super attracted by and to, you know, Indians as friends, as clients. And um, the yoga studio is so like, it's just home to me. Yeah. And I think it, maybe it's either because they already make it so safe like that, or it could be a little bit deeper. Who knows? Yeah. I, I remember like taboo like that. No, same. Totally. I remember, you know, it's funny because I'm remembering now. I, there's a studio in my hometown that I, that's where I started, that took my first class and started going to. And um, as I went through high school, I started going more often and I kind of, got a little bit more into it. I'd go like twice a week instead of once every other week um <laughs> but I remember like I there was like a week this is a stupid example but it is it is a good example there was a like a solid amount of time where I had this ridiculous eye twitch that would <laughs> bother me so much and I would like I in school with my friends at home like it, it just was constant and the second that I walked into the yoga studio, completely went away. And the second I walked out, it was back again. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like it just, I think in that moment, I was kind of like, hmm, maybe there's something here. Maybe, maybe my body's telling at. me something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a sign. Yeah. I actually just recently had an eye twitch and my body was telling me something. It was telling me like, you're going too hard, too fast. Just like you mm. have a lifetime to do this. You don't need to get all of this done. <laughs> one mm -hmm. month <laughs> yeah yeah they, our bodies are always i'm talking about signs i feel like i've had a conversation with another guest about that but i can't remember so i can't really source you to which episode that is <laughs> sorry <laughs> you just have to scroll through so what else um 
Let's see. So I really want to talk about maybe how we can help our listeners know what to do. Let's say they've kind of maybe have a hunch that their parents are narcissists or there's some traits there or it's not a family member. Maybe it's their boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, So learning to set boundaries is something that you wanted to talk about. And this is key, not feeling guilty doing so. Yeah. I'm 100% guilty of feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah. So tell us more about that. It's, it's hard. Like it's a very hard thing to do. And I think when you're dealing with someone, it's easy to kind of fall into the trap, you know, you fall back into, um, this, the patterns and, and kind of the reactive state and dealing with someone like that who can be so defensive and, um, pretty aggressive in how they, in, in their reactions to certain things. Um, I found that distancing myself, not necessarily physically, if you, I mean, I think, yes, if you can, but if you can't, then no, but working on emotionally too, emotionally distancing yourself. And um, I do think kind of guarding was the right move for me, but what's important for listeners to know is that you don't have, just because you're guarding from certain people doesn't mean you have to guard from everybody. So learning to not completely shut down, but also being aware of who maybe you're sharing with, who you're opening up to and thinking through, um, is this the right person (laughs) that I want to be sharing with and like getting really vulnerable with. And if there's hesitation, um, then Probably don't just for now until you can look further into it. Um, And I think that when you're in the right place to heal, you will. I've found that even with people, especially people my age, sometimes you're just not at the place where you can look into it. Like for me, I was in survival mode for a certain amount of time. And during that time, I could not go deeper into anything that I might be aware of or um, you know, have a hunch about, I just, it, my body and my mind was not ready. So I think accepting where you are, maybe you're not at that point yet, but you ca- you might be close and you might be almost ready. So being open to starting to be open to what comes up in yourself. I think it's, it's important to listen to that and to, um, respect and accept now, if you can't say anything or you don't have anyone safe to talk to, is like, what did you do to not like hold it inside and kind of create more like anxiety or poison? Mm-hmm. What did you do? I, I, therapy, I 100% recommend if you can. I know that's not an option for everybody, um, but that helped me immensely. Um, also, finding, um, I found distractions, honestly, I healthy distractions. Um, there's, there's a clear distinction there. Um, I, you know, invested myself in my friends and, um, kind of my social life and found extracurriculars that would really get me out of the environment that was toxic for me to be in. Um, and, you know, 
there were downsides. I was definitely tired and like kind of running myself ragged because I was always on the go. But ultimately, I do think that that was better. <laughs> Being surrounded by people who were uplifting in even though they didn't know my situation and, you know, we wouldn't have deep conversations or anything, but being around people who were healthy and more of a positive um, energy to them was better for me ultimately than being around those toxic people. So even if you're not necessarily, even if you don't have anyone to open up to about it, trying to surround yourself with more positive people. And the other big thing for me was building a connection with myself. Um, I think when you're in a relationship with a narcissistic parent or partner or friend, um, whoever it is, it is so easy to lose respect for yourself and lose um, any connection with yourself because you're just so lost and consumed by that relationship. And I, for me, um, Re, it was it was kind of a reconnection you know I, I was this little girl once and then she got lost and it was kind of finding her again and listening to what she had to say because building that connection is going to be painful if you haven't done it if you if it's not something that's been in your life because um, you've been pushing her away <laughs> for so long so things will come up but um once you are able to build that connection, you know that you're, you're safe with yourself. You have this inner, inner um, environment that you can kind of turn to and like turn, when you turn inwards, it's not gonna be this chaos that stresses you out even more. It'll be um, a calming place for you um, in the midst of the chaos that you might be in, so. Oh, so it sounds like you're saying tending to your inner child is almost like becoming the parent for yourself. So now internally mm. you are safe if your parents outside are not safe. Yeah, right? exactly. I love that. That's one of the most powerful tools. I have a, a healing inner child meditation in the meditation playlist here on YouTube that was my single most powerful thing that I, that I ever did that I do over and over <laughs> that I still mm. do to this day sometimes when I feel like the outside world is getting too overwhelming. Yeah, which happens a lot <laughs> nowadays. It happens a lot, it happens every day. It's happening constantly during US's Pluto return. <laughs> Ugh, so stressful. Yeah, so playing with your inner child. I love that you said listening to yourself because that's part of the exercises, like asking your inner child, what do you need and what do you want to do? And yeah. usually the answer is something fun, something safe. Yep. Like, something not adult and responsible. So, and we need that, right? <laughs> yeah, so important. I think even for young people who are, you know, still considered young and, you know, you don't maybe have responsibilities yet or as many responsibilities as you will, but we're still just, just like the world we're in. And aside from the toxic relationships, just the society that we live in um, is just chaotic and stressful um so toxic relationships aside you're already probably stressed out so <laughs> when you add that to it it's just it makes it all the more important 
Yeah. And so the inner child work actually takes you back to when you're like innocent, right? So like between five and seven. So if you're 12, 13, 10, like you can practice this because you're already double that age and yeah. you need it. So, yeah, it's one of my most favorite, favorite meditations. <sighs> so I'm trying to think if I have any other questions for you, my dear. Um, in your book, why did you title your book for your 20s? I mean, I'm assuming it's your experience in your 20s, but what are you aiming for um, through this book? I think, um, well, one of the other reasons I wrote it is I, I'm super into personal development and that's where kind of like my desire for growth comes from. Um, but there's not, most of the advice given is from people older than us. And, you know, there's the saying that wisdom comes with age, which I do believe is true to a certain extent, but there's something of value in hearing hearing from someone who's kind of in it with you <laughs> and going through it with you. So um, that's where a large part of this came from. But as someone in her 20s, I think I have a unique view of this generation. And um, also, you know, people in their teens, my sister's in her teens, um, and it's very appropriate um, for that age as well. But just we have dealt with a unique set of challenges i think um in our life between social media what's going on in the world the pandemic at this specific time in our life um and it's made it hard to build that connection with ourselves. um so that's my goal here is to open up a conversation about mental health and which which is becoming more common, which I'm very happy about, but um, from someone who's also in her 20s. <laughs> so you can hear um, from someone who's not 20 years older than you, and I'm not claiming to have all the answers. I'm still going through it, so I'm right there with everybody, but it, there is there is something of value in that, I think. Oh, yeah. No, and I think that your generation, Gen Z, and all those Honestly, you're born all just a little bit extra evolved and smarter and wiser. <laughs> and so you don't have to be 40 to be like, I know I've experienced this and I can tell you my story. Like, absolutely. <laughs> you can do it while you're in the journey and you've already experienced it. And yeah. that's also something that a lot of it's funny, like a lot of um, older, right? Um, people are waking up to what even narcissism is and childhood tra trauma. And you're like, yeah, no, been there, done that. And I'm only 20. Like, you guys are so far behind. <laughs> Where have you guys have been? Where has your head been? In the sand, probably. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about your book. It's really, really powerful. I remember trying to find a book like yours, but I ended up finding How to Walk in High Heels or something like that. And it didn't help at all. But I was like, I really was trying for it to help because I'm like, I don't know how to be an adult. I don't know how to be a woman. Yeah. This dude's telling me I should do this. And it just doesn't seem quite right. And I don't ever remember getting any like education on this. So what do I do? It was yeah, nothing to do with mental health. <laughs> right. Well, it's, and it's like a time, your 20s is like, so you're dealing with so much change. That's a big theme that I talk about in the book is that everything is changing constantly. You know, you're, you, you start probably your twenties in college maybe, and then you're 
moving away all your friends you kind of like go separate ways it's just like a lot of change you're moving cities you're changing jobs you're changing relationships constantly and change comes with well one fear um and also uncertainty and the uncertainty is what brings that fear on and we need to learn to embrace the change and learn to kind of just surrender to it because there's going to be changes that there's change that we will kind of bring on ourselves, but then there's change that we can't do anything about like the pandemic, you know, like it's just, Mm -hmm. we have no control over certain things and learning to just let go of the control a little bit and surrender. I think learning to do that from an early age will only, will only help us in handling things that come our way in the future. Yeah. Yes, and you are going to handle things in the future. You are going to eliminate the two two party society, <laughs> the exclusivity, and the you know mm-hmm. laws against the autonomy of your bodies. Because you are yep. the ones coming out. You are the ones wanting to gender affirm at a very young age. Like that was nothing that my generation, especially those lawmaker generations, ever yeah were able to do. Right, Chris. What is, what is, um, Chris Jenner became, what is her name? Chris, uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally Caitlin, blanking. Caitlin, 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 I was like blanking <laughs> on her name. She was able to do that. She's their generation, but she did it like in her sixties, right? Something right. crazy. But mm-hmm. if she was born in your generation, she would have done it like when she was probably 10 or 12. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I believe, I believe in the evolution of the mental health. I do. So, um, I wanted to do something kind of interesting and fun. We have a bit of time. Can I? Mm. Okay, guys. So I just had like this amazing inspiration to pull up Anna's chart, her human design chart, and kind of go through it so you can see how this can impact your self-development, your self-discovery. And we're just going to kind of go through this. And as a gift for me to you, Anna, I'm just going to present to you this because I think this information can be really helpful in your evolution of your self-development journey. Thank you. you. I'm ready. You're welcome. (laughs) So any, all of you watching, you can pull up your free human design chart at jovianarchive.com or mybodygraph.com or geneticmatrix.com. And um, you will see that you will have, a, you know, you enter your information and then your type comes up, your profile, all this fun stuff. So I just want to say congratulations, Anna, you are a manifesting generator. <laughs> so what that means, there's about 36, 33, something in the 30% range of uh, the population are this type. This type is the visionary and doers. You have a combination of two types combined. So this is why you may have a lot of um, books open. Like I saw one of your posts on Instagram, you had a list of five books. I imagine Mm -hmm. you're reading them all at the same time. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) She's not going book by book, you guys. She is sharing all five of the books on her coffee table or nightstand. Yeah, you have lots of different projects and ideas already. You're a yoga teacher and an author. That's already two careers into one. Um, and you're just really exceptional at multitasking. Mm-hmm. So um, you have the profile of two, four. So that is the hermit opportunist. So what that means, again, this is great and why you are so good at collaborating 
with the publishing house for your book versus self-publishing? Like for me, I self-publish because I'm a hermit. (laughs) (laughs) You do also have this too is the um, hermit, Um, but you have the opportunist. So what that means, actually, that's like a perfect description of a yoga teacher and an author. (laughs) Because two (laughs) is like you need your quiet time. You need your meditation time. You need time to reflect in your solitude because life can get really overwhelming out there, right? Mm-hmm. And the four line is the line of uh, just most manifesting generators are really great. And when they have this, they're really great entrepreneurs, business people. I definitely would say like study into more on different like business licenses or maybe like something like marketing oriented or something like that to really give yourself a leg up and all of your entrepreneurial ideas and projects that you have going and you're going to have, I was a marketing major. So (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) My gosh. Perfect. So you're opportunistic already in that you, um, it's funny because this whole like two, four, this essentially says that you're an introvert and an extrovert, but it's all like on the right timing. So Mm. you have the ebb and flow that four line, loves to connect and social and uh, networking when the timing is right, when you have that motivation and the drive to get whatever project that you want to get going. And like, you can Mm -hmm. see how like the resources can come in this way and that way. And then you also, when you're like, okay, I just need to take a break and chill because down here is this root center that governs your adrenals. Like, when to get things done. So let's say you have a couple of projects going, you have a very like, like a clock, like a cyclical energy surge of when to get things done. Mm. So your two line is going to tell you, Hey, like, let's go read some books. Let's go have some quiet time. Let's go do some yoga. And that's your quiet time in your adrenaline cycle. And then when you're like, yes, let's go and push, let's get this done. You're out there networking, getting your book written, like just doing all the things to get the resources to come in. Yeah. So you have that consistent cycle of motivation. How does that feel for you? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I was always a little confused, you know, when people would ask me if I'm an introvert or an extrovert, and this makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> you're an omnivert. I think that's actually yeah. a real term. Like you're both. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, The thing about when to make like the right choices, I'm sure you have the emotional authority, which means here this, um, these, all these centers kind of align with the chakra system. So this right here on the right is called the solar plexus chakra and it's directly related to your emotions. You again have a consistent cycle of emotions. You set the tone of the emotional environment in the room. Um, and it's like the tide. It kind of, it goes high, it goes medium, it goes low, it goes medium, it goes high. And you could journal if you want to track your cycle because it's consistent mm-hmm. within everybody, but it's different. Like, so not, it's not like all of the <laughs> colored in emotional solar plexus people are always low at the same time. It's not like a, a national clock. Everyone has their own specific timing, but it is consistent within yourself. So you could journal like when you're feeling really great about things when you're feeling anxious about things and like to put the time on your journal stamp, maybe do that for like 28 days and see if there's a pattern there. Yeah. 
And so that relates back to how you make decisions according to your, like, your soul's best right choice versus your ego and then regretting it. Mm. So if you make, if you say yes to something that someone presented right away because you're really excited about it, more than likely you have regretted that yes when you've <laughs> gone into your low point in your emotional cycle. Have you? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. spot on. Yeah, it's like that. Um, my friend made an amazing um, meme one time where it was like, how are you feeling tonight? And she was like partying. She's like, yeah. And then like two seconds later, it was like, I am not feeling good. Like, not <laughs> yeah. have said yes. And that's it. So before you say yes, you just have to wait the whole cycle. Think through the worst case scenario, work through your fears and anxieties. And when you come back up to the neutral point, if you're still excited, it still feels good. You want to ask yourself, how does this feel? If it still feels good, then it is the correct thing. And you say yes. If it doesn't mm. feel good, you can just guilt-free say, nope, not for me. Yeah. It's interesting because like some of the most, some of the big decisions that I've made, like have initially felt not great <laughs> or like a little scary. Yeah. And then once you, once I sat with it and like, I really thought it through and was able to once I this is after I learned to kind of listen to that gut or that intuition or whatever it is um that's when when I listen to that even though the decision might be scary or might not be what I envisioned it always turns out to be the right decision yeah yeah and well I'm sure as a yoga teacher too you've already practiced the art of sitting with your feelings where a lot of people don't have that practice you don't have that you know, so it's always nice to share with them, like, this is why, especially for those who have this, the colored and solar plexus, learn the meditation. Doesn't You don't have to mm. sit there for forever, especially you manifesting generator. You get antsy. You're like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> I got to be busy. But just, you know, take your time to feel that process. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, where do I share about To your type. So again, it's going to relate to your generator type more. And they're getting this from your chart by this particular chakra. It's called the sacral center. And since that is colored in and defined, I mean, you just already told us so much, like you were always busy. That was part of your, your numbing out. But also like you felt probably like useless if you weren't busy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's part of like that generator, bunny, engine, sacral, like the energy to do things is within you. You are the drive. So if anyone around you has this open, you're giving out that energy that they can amplify and be motivated to get energy from. Hmm. So your strategy is to wait to respond or just respond in general. So responding to different um, projects, really this means like doing what you love and um, you can share it with the world. Um, informing is your second part of your strategy because you have those two parts. So you say, like, you really love to write, right? You're writing your story. So you are informing people. This is perfect for your book because it's not out yet. So you're informing people, hey, mm -hmm. I've written a book. It's releasing in January. And then you're continuing to do what you love and talking about it and maybe sharing clips from it 
um, sharing just pieces of wisdom, the tools yeah. that you that help you, and all that will generate response, things for you to respond to. So someone might invite you onto their show, or someone might um, ask you, where can I buy your book? Or someone might just start a conversation with you about how they had narcissistic parents too. And so you're constantly mm-hmm. responding, doing all the things you enjoy, and then following those breadcrumbs to lead you on the right path of your, you know, your soul's path. Hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So when you're trying to push, push and initiate only, then you might, you're going to hit some blocks. It's important to make sure you, you say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking, or I really would love to do this. Almost like the way you manifest with the universe is you vocalize it but then you don't push for it. You just kind of like sit back, do what you love, do what you're enjoying. And then the universe will bring that to you. Hmm. That's what's been part of my learning recently is learning to let go. Yeah. Learning (laughs) to surrender. It was what is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. So if you don't and you find yourself frustrated, that's your not self theme. So whenever you find yourself frustrated, just know that you're acting outside of your energy prints strategy Mm. so that'll kind of give you a a signal like hey your ego's taken over step back you know go back to following what your strategy is yeah yeah cool so all of these other centers are you've got your head center on the top that is white meaning that it is Technically, this is open because you don't have any gates defined as well. So that means that you receive inspiration from source and just ideas in a uh, inconsistent way. So you get them all different ways. You may hear them. You may see them. You may feel them. It's not just one particular way that you receive those ideas. Mm. And with the Ashna Center here, that's how you conceptualize things. So you do have this undefined with one gate defined. So this is, um, as it's undefined, you have a very um, diplomatic way of thinking. You see both sides. You understand so many different solutions are possible, not just one way to get something done or accomplished. Your throat here, the the square is defined. That means you have a consistent way of speaking. Um, It can be very powerful and influential if channeled properly and not used with your ego. It can be very sharp and harsh and cutting if your ego is taking over and you're manifesting, right? And this is a center where we manifest things. So again, because you have that type of the manifesting generator, informing first is really going to be powerful for that manifestation to happen. And then, so this is called like a circuit where it's connected from one center to another. That's just a personality trait that's strong within you. And those are keys that you can take, a, we can pause and take a look at to really like hone in where your energy probably naturally already goes towards, but really know that that's, that's, defined within you Hmm. your g center here the yellow is your identity center so you have a very 
solid um, like knowing of your self identity, you don't really um, you don't really feel lost about who you are. Like you're very you have a very strong identity. Now your will center, this tiny triangle, it is um, undefined and it's actually opened with no gates defined. Those numbers are gates. Gates are traits, so like personality traits. And so here, I would caution to really use your inner authority because people will come into your life. I mean, you've already experienced it. You were born into that life where their agenda um, took over and you amplified mm. it and you swept get swept up into the people pleasing real easily. Sometimes you morph your beliefs just so that you like go along with their agenda, but it's theirs. It's not yours. You're just, um, yeah, amplifying is the best word. Like consider you're a radio receiver and they are like, like you're a speaker and they mm -hmm. are the radio waves out. So their agenda is going out, 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 and you're receiving it and you're kind of like blasting it into the speakers. Mm. But you can mute it if you put up certain like empathic guards and shields and just continue to go back to your, you know, your strategy, go back to your authority to say, does this really feel like it's mine? Does this really feel okay for me? And then that will help you. It'll help you with, you know, like buyer's remorse. It'll help you with regretting going along with a certain friend or person in their yeah. agenda. Yeah. You can kind of, when you get carried away, you start to feel a little bit like regretful. Yeah, definitely. That's, I think part of my awakening was <laughs> learning that and, or at least being aware of it now um, and more, yeah, more aware when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, all of these centers are just areas for you to know, like which ones to put your guard up, which ones to really understand that area of growth of this is me or this is them. And so all of the white centers, this is where your boundaries come up, right? We talk about you knowing how to draw healthy boundaries. So being able to use your authority and say, hmm, do I really want to buy this car? I don't know. I'm really excited. Like this person's really got me going about this new car, or let's say like a new diet, but let me, let me sleep on it. Always, always mm. with your emotional authority, sleep on it. Never say yes right away. Yeah. And some of those who have really strong defined will centers who are really good salespeople, they will get you like, oh, I don't need to sleep on it. Like I'm totally confident, but always sleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> good advice. <laughs> Uh, and the last center I haven't talked about is the spleen over here. The spleen is about survival, intuition, and your immunity. Um, it's really all about kind of like the knowing circuit and evolution. So this is um, undefined for you. You have one gate defined. This is kind of where also like our fears reside. Our fears reside here and in our throat and in our head. Um so this, with this being undefined, you just, you're actually super sensitive to how your body feels. Like mm -hmm. if you feel like a little bit of a cough coming on, like, oh, where's my emergency? Like, let's take a nap. <laughs> We're all good. Right. And then you don't really ever get really, really horribly sick. Yeah. Whereas if someone who has this defined, they ignore it and then they get really, really sick and they need medicine. 
So that's a good thing for you. Like you're very sensitive to that. But at the same time, you feel a lot more and you may appear to be sick more often, but you're just like, "Ah, it just feels like I'm sick, but other people would ignore it, you know? Mm. And your intuition here, because this is white, you're receiving intuition and in an inconsistent way. Um, and you can really like tune into things a lot more, like you have like a sixth sense. So if you keep practicing and meditating and honing into your intuition, um, plus you have that also with the, the white head center, you know, you can be very, um, depending on how much you practice, very te- telepathic, you can visualize, you can smell things, you can hear things to really send the message um, that you need to send. Now, the, these aren't connected, the head and the spleen, to your throat center directly, right? There's no color connecting to it. So it's going to be kind of frustrating and difficult to get it up into your voice. Like you know it and you feel it, but you can't quite express it. So find other ways to express it other than maybe your voice. So if that's art, neo yoga, some other way, um, Mm. journaling, and then you'll be able to kind of express it differently. Yeah. Okay, so that's probably all I'm going to share with you so you're not overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm taking it all in. (laughs) I can hear the wheels turning in your head. (laughs) They are, yeah. Uh, I'll email this to you so you have it. And then I'll also email you your incarnation cross, which is your life's theme. It is what your whole soul's purpose like kind of like a theme of what you're here to do you can do lots of different avenues out of it but it's a pretty big theme like for instance mine is dominion so pretty much everything i touch i kind of dominate so i get to choose wisely (laughs) what i touch (laughs) and what i do but also being gentle like i can also push people out and become the leader and you know so like learning how to Use your theme for the good and being conscious about like just your energy. Yeah, it's really cool. So yours is the right angle cross of the four ways. And I don't have all this memorized, so I have no idea what that means. So I'm excited to see and email that to you. (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah, it is crazy how much that resonates. Like, it's just, it always shocks me how things like this are so spot on most of the time. Yeah. And I also want to clarify for everyone watching and listening and for you that you might find yourself justifying certain actions that need to you need to grow on, like maybe some personality crutches. Oh, well, that's just because like, let's say you're defined root. Those people can appear lazy sometimes because you have a cyclical motivation. You don't always have to do do do. So you might say, oh, well. I'll get to that when I get to it. Like, let's say you're married later on. I'll get to it when I get to it, honey. I have a defined root center. Like, don't push me. (laughs) Okay, that's not the way to use your human design chart. (laughs) Okay, that's just like recognize your energy you have. Tell them that you will get it done. I promise by the end of today or something. So you don't feel or make them disappointed that you're not going to do it right away. Because let's say they have that root white. (laughs) And they're like, I don't understand why you can't clean up like right now. Like. Everything that you do as the white root center is now, now, now. 
And so, yeah, so it just helps you in your relationships, but I don't use it as a justification, just like anything, just use it as a personal growth tool. Yeah. Yeah. Very helpful too. Yeah. Good. Okay. I hope, and I can't wait to hear how you feel about it after I email you too, because so many people, like I just had my friend, I read her chart and like weeks later, she's like, you have no idea how much that changed my life. So I can't wait to hear. (laughs) Maybe it won't at all, but you know, who knows? I I so I'm thinking like it, right. I can already feel it kicking into gear. <laughs> yes, yes, that's always the uh, delayed gratification with reading someone's chart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, thank you so much for being here on the podcast and sharing with us about your book and your mission and your experience. I know it's really hard to talk about narcissistic parents because they're always linked to us and they always get really mad at when we talk about stuff like this. <laughs> So oh, yeah. <laughs> put a nice shield of energy around you that they don't find this show and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. I always love these very enlightening conversations. So Yes, me too. And I know all of our listeners did too. Um where where can we connect with you? I know Instagram I found you. Where else? Yeah, Instagram, my handle is um, at this is for your 20s. So definitely reach out, DM me. I'm very active and respond. I love to hear from people. Um, That's really the main place you'll find me. There's a link in my bio there um, to my website, but that is where the bulk of all of my stuff is. I'm so hip. I'm also mainly on Instagram. I'm not. Yes. I had an SEO guy, a person, um, I was looking for my husband's business. They're like, you need to be active on Facebook page. I'm like, zero people ever talk to me ever on Facebook page. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll do Twitter, but that's, you know, Instagram. (laughs) Why didn't you say Instagram? Anyways, they're not hip like us. (laughs) Yeah. Instagram's where it's at. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's been a pleasure to meet you and talk to you, Anna. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, everybody, always keep your unique light shining. Losing time, I'm fading fast. I just want to make it last. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes, embrace the blast. Sleepless nights and headaches stack. Restlessness to hell and back. What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack. And sometimes you just gotta believe. There's something that'll give you relief. There's something that'll have what you need